everybody back to another episode of white coats of the round table as always we have mike asbach or if you're from germany asbach <laughs> and uh, john mcdonald which is much easier to pronounce we're happy to have you here we got a great guest today with we got tom caravella now as always tom you probably i don't know how many you've listened to but i always curate um i i usually go back and i i talk to some past uh uh, members of your family and some friends from high school. And I really try to figure out who is Tom. Yeah. So I'm going to give my best intro I can. And you're just going to have to fill in the gaps. Does that sound all right? Let's go. All right. So we have Tom. Okay. So Caravella, right? That's how it is. Is that the Italian pronunciation, by the way? It is. Well, it's actually Caravella's a Portuguese name. No. Oh. Is it? Yeah. It's all half Italian, half Portuguese. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to screw it up already. Okay. Yeah, man, go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So today we have the distinct honor of talking with Tom Caravella, CEO and managing partner of the Carolyn Group and host of the popular podcast, MSL Talk. Hailing from the state next to New York City, Tom had the traditional Italian upbringing, mm-hmm. enjoying some good gnocchis and sauce on Bloomfield Ave with the occasional sip of Sambuca out of an ant's unattended glass. <laughs> Tom learned that his best work comes when his back is against the ropes or Matt with full knowledge that his success and failures are his own to loan alone to own really wrestling molded his resilience and self-respect. He set school records that his son would soon overtake in years to come with military precision pun intended following Tom's Studies at Rutgers University, he joined the healthcare industry first working with third-party payers in marketing, and then on to manage market expansion and training for pharma. Tom has the gift of gab and likes to talk, not just with his hands, but can be seen on YouTube and listened to on podcast platforms at MSL Talk, where he expands off the expertise of his company, The Carolyn Group. Tom, I hope that I did this justice to your origin story, of course. But we're really grateful to have you on and joining us today. Listen, man, that was arguably the best intro I've ever had, <laughs> hands down. And I got to tell you, folks, for those of you who are listening, um, like I didn't share any of that information with John. Like he literally pulled that all together on his own research. It is all true to an extent, but yeah, I am. I'm so excited to be here. I have, uh, I've become a listener and a fan. So I like, uh, I like what you guys are doing and, uh, I'm glad to be a part of it, but let's hear about you. Uh, I want to hear more about your background. Uh, you have quite a diverse, um, business, uh, your entities, you're, you're kind of spread around. You've done a few different things here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically people are going to know you from the Carolyn group and from MSL talk. So, I kind of want to just get a little bit of your backstory from your words of how the Carolyn Group even started, 
what got you into the field of MSL? Yeah, and I'll give you I'll give you kind of more of a thirty thousand foot overview. But after I graduated from Rutgers, I I got into sales and was a I was out in the field for ten years in a number of different capacities. So as you mentioned, I started out in kind of more managed care, and then I wound up in primary care and. I was at one point what they call a market expansion specialist. I was part of a new team growing out a market. And then I became a field trainer and was the trainer for the, for the entire Northeast. So I was training sales reps and then literally accidentally on purpose wound up in the recruiting business. I had no intention of becoming a recruiter. Um, the, the, the short version is that when my son was born, my wife told me she was not going back to work which meant, you know, living in Northern New Jersey with, you know, you needed to be a double income family. And I was like, well, what am I going to do now? So I was approached by a friend of a friend to help out. Guys were starting a, a staffing business on the technology side. And I was like, yeah, I'll help you guys out. Well, it, it took off. I was doing that part time. It went really well to the point where I left my day job in pharma worked with these guys in the recruiting industry and then 9-11 happened and everything kind of fell apart. So I took a chance and I said, I'm going to start something on my own. And at the time, one of the original partners had left and was doing something different. He had approached me and said, Hey, why don't I join you? Um, And his last name was Dolan. So we took Caravella Dolan, we combined it and we came up with Carolyn. And that's how the name came about. You would have been a great employee at Ellis Island. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was just one of those made up things, you know, like Vito Corleone, right? <laughs> um, I was just in the city and I did go to, uh, uh, was it St. Patrick's Basilica? Yeah. So, I mean, like, I got the whole Italian experience there, you know. You got the whole deal, man. You're more Italian than I am right now. That's as simple as, that's how it started. Um, I eventually bought that guy out about six months later. It just didn't work Mm -hmm. out. I was going to change the name. And one of my main clients was like, no, you can't because everyone knows you now. Mm -hmm. And we have you on our vendor list and we can't, the vendor list is closed. We can't get you back on the list. So the name stuck, which is fine. I didn't hate the name. Um, and it's been 20 years. That was wow. 20 years ago. And, you know, you would ask me how I got into recruiting MSLs. Yeah. And it's kind of funny, but literally someone asked me, hey, do you recruit MSLs? And at that hey. point, I said yes to everything. I was like, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, do. of course I do. Yeah. <laughs> we do now. Um, she's like, yeah, you know, medical science liaisons. I was like, yeah, medical science liaisons. MS. I'm like, yeah, MSLs. You know, I just was eager. And so we started recruiting MSLs in t- 2003. That's how 2003. So did they, they originally reach out to you then, the uh, pharmaceutical industry, whoever these manufacturers are? Uh, or were you reaching out actively to them, seeing if you could work with them and they were just offering the MSL? It's like, hey, this is what we need. Yeah, well, so the 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 real story is, or the full story is that um, I had a contact at Bristol-Myers Squibb. So BMS was my first client and my only client. And I just, I literally, you talk about eat, drink, sleep. 
I just networked with everybody in the company, made all these relationships and everybody knew me. And we were working on marketing roles and market access and sales and you name it. At the beginning, we just worked on everything. And people literally, I was a one man show at the time and people wanted to work with me just because I became friends with them. And they were like my buddies and business colleagues. And one of my best clients called me up one day and she said, Hey, I want to, I want to work with you on this. Do you recruit medical science liaison? And, uh, and I paused. actually true story. Pause. She goes, you know, MSLs. I go, Oh, MSLs. Oh yeah. Of course. Why didn't you say so? And that's how, and that's how it all started. Yeah. Um, Fast forward 20 years later, and, and there's quite a story behind me, you know, like as far as what I've been able to learn about the role. You're not traditionally trained in medicine. No. Most of the people who have interviewed or uh, talked to anybody in the MSL roles or hiring managers, even recruiters, some of them, have a PharmD background, a doctorate, an NP, some sort of a degree in the medical field and you've come out of records with uh uh more like communication business mm-hmm. mindset how does that how does that work i'm a sales guy yeah you know i'm a sales guy and i'll be honest with you john i can do anything i can do anything yeah and that's what i try to influence my candidates that I'm talking to and Mm -hmm. my team, my kids. Um, you know, I, I think that you can really do anything you set your mind to. I could tell you this though, and just to be fully transparent on the recruiting side, you don't need a degree to be a a recruit, be a good recruiter. And even MSL recruiting, there's very few people that actually have the degree. There are some, um, so I don't think I had I was at any disadvantage or had any lacked any credibility in um, in, in my background to be successful. But I will tell you, Sarah Snyder, who's on my team, is a PharmD with 20 years of MSL experience, and she's probably one of the best MSL recruiters I've ever seen. She's phenomenal. She totally understands the role. She's really smart, really scientific, but she gets it. She just get it. it. Took me a while to get it, but now I get it to the point where I'm training MSL teams. That's how much I get it. But I had to develop that muscle and develop that knowledge on my own. I think that opening up the industry to so many more professionals is going to allow for that type of diversity, which is why we want to talk to you. Really, yeah. Looking at qualities on the recruiting side, I want to differentiate between recruiting and hiring managers for our listeners and what the expectations are on both, because you might see something as a recruiter that cannot be relayed to a hiring manager correctly. Mm -hmm. So what are these, what are the different groups looking for in candidates? What can we capitalize on as candidates ourselves? Well, and that's a, that's a great question. And I can tell you that I, and not just me, but our recruiters and MSL recruiters are going to follow the criteria set by the hiring manager. So the, what takes precedent over anything else is what are the, what's the criteria for the search? What does the hiring manager want? So I'll give you an example. So what happens is hiring manager will call, they'll call me up and say, Tom, I, I need 
an oncology MSL with a PharmD, MD, PhD that's based in the Northwest, preferably San Francisco or Seattle, that has a minimum of three years of current MSL experience, preferably in solid tumor. Um, and quite honestly, sometimes they might even say, and we really want a PharmD versus a PhD or an MD. So now we take that criteria and that's what we go out and what we base our search off of. Now to answer your question as far as what would a recruiter might look for, well, we're trying to de decide whether or not that candidate not only matches the criteria, but do they match the culture of the organization? How do they work with us? Are they responsive? Do they have passion? Did they do their homework? Um, and we're going to pick up nuances, not that the hiring manager might not pick up on, but things like a lot of times candidates let their guard down when they're talking to the recruiter because it's just the recruiter. So we're looking for everything. Keep in mind, anybody that's listening to this right now, if you're interviewing, you need to treat every interview the same, whether you're talking to an MSL recruiter or, or a talent acquisition HR recruiter or any other third-party recruiter or the hiring manager because you're being evaluated from the word hello every step of the way. How responsive you are, how transparent you are, how prepared you are, what questions you ask or not ask, everything's being evaluated. So can I jump in here, John? Because I've got a question, Tom. I, I feel like in my experience with the MSL industry, so often there is a ton of jobs available for people that have industry experience, but breaking in is near impossible. I've heard stories of listeners that have written into us that have applied to over 100 MSL jobs and have not broken through. So from that perspective, everything that you're saying there, are there any maybe unique nuggets for people that have no industry experience, maybe clinicians that are wanting to break in from a recruitment standpoint, if you're looking at someone who is brand spanking new to industry, what stands out or what can help those candidates stand out? Yeah. So here's the thing, guys. I can, I can tell you that the people that are out there slinging resumes, applying to a million positions and think that they are doing the work um, need to probably take a step back a second and focus a little more on how you're positioning yourself. Because you're going, you're probably, your resume is probably going into a big black hole that exists on the internet somewhere and it's never being seen. So here are a couple of tips that I try to tell people. First and foremost, you have to match your resume or CV to the job description. What is your value proposition? Why are you a fit for that specific job description? How many boxes can you check? So I talked to you just before about criteria. How many boxes in that criteria do you check? Do you have the terminal degree or the degree that they're looking for? Do you have the scientific background and experience? Do you have MSL experience? If you don't have MSL experience, how are you going to bridge that gap? What unique value proposition are you bringing to that company to make them want to hire you? Maybe you have relationships in the territory. Maybe you have experience with KOLs 
in the territory because you work in a specific facility. You have to pick apart the job description, keywords, language, phrases, look at what they're saying they want, and you have to do your best job to wordsmith your resume to match what it is that they're saying. Word of caution, you have to be able to support any claims that you're making. You can't, this isn't creative writing. You have to support, because here's what's gonna happen. At some point in time, you get an interview, they're gonna say, oh, I see that you disseminated scientific information and blah, 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 blah. Well, tell me a little bit more about that. Where did you do that? And tell, you know, what was that, you know, what was that project about? So you have to be careful. But one of the most important things is to, before you apply to positions, really take a step back and position yourself, yourself properly for that specific role. And that's going to give you a better chance because either A, someone's going to see that CV and make sure it matches, or B, there's going to be artificial intelligence or some type of screening software in the applicant tracking system that's going to be looking for those keywords. So you don't want to be screened out. You want to be screened in. And that's the first step. There's a lot to process there. I think that's so helpful. Yeah. So I guess I think maybe my follow-up with that would be, can you comment on people that, you know, maybe have a strong clinical background? Because even in my role, before we came on air, we talked about this, that I, I've been asked to interview for MSL jobs just because I work in psychiatry mm -hmm. and, you know, I have done industry speaking, things like that. Is there things that a clinician can do to build that CV to help position themselves to make that jump to industry, whether it be maybe trying to do pharmaceutical speaking or advisory boards or publications? Is there anything that sticks out that is maybe low hanging fruit for a clinician to build on their resume, to make it more attractive, to make it more identifiable within that so that they are screened in. You actually just said it. You, you just said it. So yes, the other way you position yourself is that you seek out opportunities to get this transferable skills and experience that is being required for these positions. So one of the first things that you really need to do if you haven't already is you have to study job descriptions. You have to understand what the role entails, what companies are looking for, what the nuances are, what the hot buttons are. And if you know what, make a list, make a list of all of the things that are commonly asked for in MSL job descriptions. And then you have to go out and you have to figure out, okay, how do I make my resume or CV inclusive of all the things they're looking for? So for example, presentation skills, you have to be a good presenter. If you have no presentation skills, well, how do you get it? Maybe you have to volunteer. Maybe you join Toastmasters. There's, there's ways that you can do that. Um, you just have to get creative. Um, maybe it's writing. Maybe you have to start writing some abstracts, some articles. Get yourself into a situation where you could develop the experience and transferable skills that are required. It, it, it's going to take a lot of effort. You're going to have to talk to a lot of people. You're going to have to raise your hand. You're going to have to volunteer. You're going to have to show up. You're going to have to be a part of communities that exist in the pharmaceutical industry, in the healthcare industry. You mentioned advisory boards. You have to, you have to go out there and seek out opportunities to do this. Now, getting back to what you had said before, John, about maybe a starter position, with a smaller company, 
Maybe it's a contract position where you're getting hired for six months to be an MSO on a contract team. Hey, sometimes you got to take a sidestep or, 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 or a starter step in order to get to that position that you ultimately want to get to. So it's, it's actually great advice. I think it's important. I think the more flexible you are as a job seeker, the better your chance of landing that first MSL position. Okay. I do have a question then to follow up. With the Carolyn Group, uh, what notice? What did you see change between uh, pre-COVID, post-COVID, mm-hmm. uh, and then this mass exodus of healthcare providers, especially with the burnout that we're seeing happen? Yeah. Have we seen an influx of candidates uh, resulting in lower your your low rates of acceptance or landing uh, positions for your candidates? Uh, do you ever do like also? Do you also do reverse um, recruiting as well? Uh, where you'll work on behalf of the candidate? Yeah, it's a great question. So shameless plug, um, I have a podcast episode coming out on Tuesday with a guy named Mitch Rosario, And we talk about the three key factors or changes that happened since COVID. And we talk about all this stuff. So it's crazy you're answering, asking me that question because why literally just yesterday, did a podcast. It's coming out next Tuesday. Um, but let, let me let me tell you that pre-COVID, um, the market for MSLs was hot. Mm-hmm. It was hot. Um, I think that it wasn't any different for aspiring MSLs than experienced MSLs at the time. I don't. I don't think it was any different. I think it was probably the same. COVID happens. No one knows what to do. Everybody's like, do we hire? Do we not hire? If we hire, how do we do interviews? Do we do them virtually? Are we going to not interview people in person anymore? How's this going to work? And we know the answer because we got through it and everything was virtual. And I got to be honest with you, it's, it was a paradigm shift because now a lot of companies haven't gone back to live interviewing because it's too expensive and they got used to it. So you know, I, I think a lot of companies are going back to it now, but that's one of the big changes that happened from COVID. Now, 2020, second half of 2020, 2021 and 2022, probably some of the hottest markets for MSLs. Two of the best years we've ever had. Now, launched the MSL Talk podcast in March of 2020. So it's three years, like almost to the day that I launched the MSL Talk podcast. How does that feel? It's crazy. I can't believe it's been three years. We have 250,000 listeners in over 80 countries. It's developed this community Mm -hmm. of medical affairs folks and people that are looking to break into medical affairs, obviously, um, that has been a platform for information sharing, um, me and, and my guests, but also people that listen have been very active in sharing and contributing as well. So it's, it's a community. I do think, and this is going to sound really crazy, and I'm not trying to take credit because it's not me, but I do think there are more aspiring MSLs that have landed positions in the last 
let's say two years as a result of the podcast. If you search online for information of how to become an MSL uh, or information to succeed or excel, yours is what that podcast comes up nine times out of 10 on top. So I actually, the full transparency here, Tom, is when I've known about MSL talk for a while, um, I've listened. And when I reached out to you to see, hey, we should talk. I, I love what you're doing with the Carolyn group. Uh, I At that point, I didn't put two and two together for whatever reason that you were both. And I was I was impressed because that I'm sure that's taken a lot of your time. Uh, I'm sure it hasn't been an easy route. It looks like you're having fun with it, but it's quite impressive how much information is out there. Uh, you would you would think that it was a conglomeration of a few different uh, entrepreneurs doing this thing, mm-hmm. and not that your not that your business is small by any means, but. I thought you guys had a very large group for how much you guys were putting out. So you're really, you're really hitting asphalt over here. It's just lots of caffeine, I guess. <laughs> caffeine, man. You know, it's, it, it's <laughs> endorphins all day, you know, lots of workouts in the morning, get you all pumped up. And I was going to ask, was it mountain climbers and sun gods that got you all excited? <laughs> no, you know, it's funny. I just did an episode on the podcast with, um, Sarah Snyder, she, she flipped the script. So she hosted and it was a unscripted fireside chat with me. And she just, and I wasn't, I have no idea what she was going to ask me. It was totally unscripted. She started firing all these questions out at me and I talked and I, I told people I have this crazy, crazy schedule and crazy life. And I get up at 4:44 every morning and, you know, I follow the exact same routine every single day. And it's really made the difference in my life for my ability to produce so much in one day. And I have people reaching out to me like it's like literally even just yesterday, it was like a VP of medical affairs that I had a meeting with. Um, And she said, I have to be honest with you. She's like, I didn't realize that I was talking to the host of the shoes. I listen to MSL talk every day. Isn't that funny? And it just dawned on me that you're that's you. She's like, I also listen to your episode where you wake up early in the morning and all that other stuff in your routine. And she's like, and she starts telling me how she wakes up at the same time. Like, so it's, it's crazy. Um, but I just developed this method to my madness. I've shared it with, with people. It's resonated with people and it works. Should people start having more structured lives to accomplish things that they want to do? Jocko, willing, same thing. He's got the 4.30 in the morning. I get up. I yeah. say no to the donut. I love like, it. My driven, driven, driven. And not everybody's like that. So you got a lot of people who are sick and tired of being sick and tired. To borrow from Jocko, does discipline equal freedom? Yeah. So you guys are, I'm telling you, man, I don't know. We didn't pre-plan this. I'm literally, I just wrote it today. I'm doing a solo podcast literally this week on this exact topic. We're just taking the wind out of your sails. Yeah. Here, here's what I wrote up, and I'll tell you exactly what the episode is going to be called. It's going to, the, the title of the, of the podcast is going to be Motivation Means Nothing, dot, dot, dot. Specifically because you could be the most motivated person in the world. You can wake up every day with your, these daily affirmations of who you are, looking yourself in the mirror. I'm strong. I'm healthy and 
you know, people like me, you know, is that old Stuart Smalley thing, right? You could, you could be really inspired and intentional, mm-hmm. but motivation means nothing without discipline. If you're not disciplined to take action, nothing's going to happen. You're not going to see results. So number one, you have to know what do you want? What are your goals? What do you want to see happen? And then you have to have an action plan, habits, daily disciplines, let's call them, that are going to bring you to your goals. And if you're detailed and specific enough, every action or at least the majority of your actions are going to lead to satisfying your goals instead of just going through the motions. Because here's the thing, and I'm not trying to knock on anybody and I'm trying to sound perfect here because believe me, there are days where I'm totally like, oh man, get me off this roller coaster. I just, I want to be done. I need the weekend. I want to sip cocktails and you know, I want to unwind a little bit, right? But the point of the matter is finding daily discipline, habits, routines that will produce results and outcomes that will take care of the rest of the stuff. It's Mm -hmm. hard to be burnt out when you're achieving. It's so much easier to feel burnt out when you're on a treadmill and you're not seeing any results. Mm -hmm. It's anything, guys. It could be your weight. It could be, you know, your fitness. It could be your career, your ability to land an MSL job. So that's a perfect one. You want to land an MSL job. What are you doing every day? What are you doing to get that job? Are you just randomly sending resumes out? Or are you networking? Are you setting up times to do informational interviews with MSLs, looking, maybe looking for mentors, listening to podcasts, taking the advice of people that are on these podcasts? You know, maybe it's okay every day. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to one episode of the MSL Talk podcast, one episode of White Coats of the Round Table, whatever. But you're educating yourself in the morning and maybe you're educating yourself at the night. But you're also sending out 10 LinkedIn connection requests per day. You're requesting informational interviews. Guys, these are habits. That's Mm -hmm. discipline. If you're doing this stuff every day and you're stacking your days with activity, that 10 requests at the end of the week is going to be 50, 60, 70. Mm -hmm. And that's how you win at high levels. And that's what this is all about. That's a great reminder right now, Tom that discipline is still a part of the equation. It's not all about reducing the pain in life. But I can appreciate that. Listen, John, uh, I agree with everything you're saying, but let me, let me take this one step further. Mm -hmm. What I'm talking about right now is actually mental conditioning. Mm -hmm. It's mental conditioning because when you force yourself each day to do the hard stuff, You're actually programming your mind to be able and capable of and normalize the hard stuff. One of the biggest things that I see is that when people never come out of their comfort zone and they're faced with any kind of adversity, 
They can't handle the adversity because they're not used to doing anything hard. So if you like Jocko, that's a big Jocko thing. You know, if you follow Jocko Willink, there's also something I don't know if you guys are familiar with. Um, there's something called 75 hard. So 75 hard is a mental toughness challenge. It's not a fitness challenge. 75 days of following very strict rules of following a diet, no alcohol, two workouts a day, 45 minutes each, separate, one inside, one outside for 75 days in a row, a gallon of water a day, and you have to, you have to um, read 10 pages of a nonfiction book, okay, every day. And you have yeah. to take uh, you have to take a progress photo. You don't have to share it, but you have to take a progress photo. Now, um, shout out to Andy Frisella, by the way. This is Andy Frisella's program. Andy's one of my coaches. Um, so shout out to Andy Frisella. And also shout out to the Arte Syndicate. So I'm I'm in the Arte Syndicate, which is Andy and Ed Milet's program. So these guys are my coaches. Th- listen, guys, th- this this stuff didn't come from me. Anything that I'm talking about right now didn't come from me. It came from somebody else. Um, you know, Ed Milet, Andy Frisella, Ben Newman, these guys are my coaches. I follow pretty much to the letter a lot of the stuff that these guys are putting out there. And it's it's changed my life. So sure. if you're if you guys are looking for books to read, ways to better yourself, check out 75 Hard, check out the power of one more, check out Uncommon Leadership. Google this stuff. Um, I was going to ask you what your top three books were because that's something we we don't do enough of yeah. is ask for book recommendations. That's true. So 75 Hard, we talked about that. And then you said Power of One More. Right? Power of One More is Ed Milet's book, um, number one selling book or or top mm-hmm. top book in, you know, on the planet right now. It's amazing. I just follow, just follow him on socials, read his book. Um, there's one of... I think if you're an MSL um, or anybody in business, you should really read the book "Never Split the Difference" by Chris Voss. He's he's an ex FBI negotiator. It's not about it's about negotiating, but it's really it, it's a life book that helps you learn how to communicate. Um, amazing, amazing book. Um, I I do a lot of MSL training now, team training. And I curate so much of my content from people like Chris Voss, Ed Milet, um, Vanessa Van Edwards wrote a book called Captivate, which is amazing. Um, it's about people skills. Um, so these are some of the some of the things that I would recommend. First of all, shout out again to MSL Talk for anybody listening. Hop over to uh, his. Uh, podcast episodes. He's got quite a few. Um, it's v- they're very clear topics. So if you're looking for information on um, interviewing or territory excellence or how to deal with difficult KOLs or how to prepare a presentation for an MSL interview, there's there's actually a couple of episodes just on that alone. So you mm-hmm. scroll through if you listen on uh, Spotify or Apple or Stitcher. Um, we have our videos all up on YouTube. Um, so you can really find something, or if you're looking to break into the MSL role, there's so many episodes about how I landed my first MSL role. I'm an MSL now, you know, now what I've been an MSL for three months. Now what? Like, 
So there's a lot of really good information for everybody that's interested in medical affairs or is currently in medical affairs. So Tom, let's expand on that a little bit more. We always like to finish our shows with a little bit of personal stuff just to make sure that we're not losing our humanity in healthcare. But before we get into that, can you just share with our listeners how they can find you? Yeah. I know you mentioned some of it within MSL talk, but just more broadly, are you on LinkedIn? What are the ways that listeners can reach out or connect with you if they'd like to learn more? Yeah. So I I recommend everybody to follow me on LinkedIn or even send me a connection request. I'm happy to accept your connection request. So it's Tom T-O-M. My last name is Caravella, C-A-R-A-V-E-L-A, one L. A lot of people put two L's. So John, fun fact, two L's is Italian. Mm. One L is Portuguese. Ah. So fun fact. Yeah. So check me out on LinkedIn. I have a lot of content. Um, and, you know, right now, everything that's out there is free. The podcast is free. Mm-hmm. And all of my articles and content's all free. Um, spoiler alert, we, we are launching a, a private coaching program very soon. Awesome. So that's going to be coming out. Um, I'm working on a book. So a lot more content that's going to take things to the next level. So my job and my goal is to not only be successful in my business, but also to give back, be a servant leader, help people see their dreams come to pass um, in in the world of, of pharmaceuticals and medical affairs. Tell the people what those in your position and those who are a little bit more experienced, how they feel about others reaching out to them. Yeah, do it and, and, and be tactful and be brief. I can tell you that if you send me a message on LinkedIn and it's 14 pages long, I'm not going to read it. Yeah, I, I, I'm just not. But if you send me a paragraph and you say something along the lines of, hi, Tom, I really enjoyed listening to you on the MSL Talk podcast episode, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, enjoy, I enjoyed listening to you and John and Mike on the you know White Coats of the Round Table and was compelled to reach out, wanted to connect. Um, I hope you would consider accepting my connection. You think I'm going to say no to that? There's no right. way. Of course right. I'm going to say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think if you're tactful, if you mention someone's name, a mutual colleague or something that we have in common, it's go- and I'm not just saying me. Yeah. It's It goes a long way with the recipient. Res- respect their time by not being wordy, mm-hmm. like I said, but also try to find a connection and try to give the value back to them in some way. Mm-hmm. When people say, I, I heard you're the man to get an, you know, people MSL jobs, so I need you to help me do this. It's like, it's like, <laughs> oh man, you know, it's just such a turnoff. Okay, very good. I, I love it because I think people need to put themselves out there more. And just to hear from one more individual that uh, is pervasive in this industry is, is probably very encouraging. So appreciate that. Mike, Mike, you're going to start us off because I did it last time. Awesome. Have I talked about ice climbing yet? Oh, I mean. I mean, a year ago me, I did, right? I don't. I mean, yeah. I heard all this Okay. Time, so but... my personal item today is, so I think at the very first episode of the podcast, we actually talked about it because I went out to Colorado and ice climbed for the first time. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, it was amazing. So I'm circling back around to it. So this weekend, I'm actually going um, upstate to do some industry work. I'm doing some speaking. And then I'm going to spend an extra day out there. And my wife and I are going to go ice climb up in Lake Placid, which apparently, you know, world-class ice climbing. It was funny when I was in Colorado, they were like, why are you coming out here to do this? You live in New York. You have better ice climbing back at home. 
So we're hiring a guide. We're going to go spend the day up in the uh, in the mountains climbing frozen waterfalls. And then we're going to drive home and hope to get home by midnight because we have kids basketball games the next day. <laughs> so it's going to be a, a wild 48 hour, you know, workcation, but that's my favorite type. So it'll be a lot of fun. I think the one we're doing is about an 85 foot waterfall. So it should be pretty epic. I'll, uh, I'll hopefully get pictures and then post them on the channels. Yeah, man, I'm impressed. Seriously. Okay. Uh, Tom, I'm gonna let you go next. If you got something and I'll wrap it up. Yeah, I got two things. So, um, I've, I've shared this on my podcast, but, um, I make wine. Um, there's four of us and we, we make wine and this is our third year. I I built a shed in my backyard specifically for winemaking. It's like a little house. Amazing. Um, we have a hundred gallons of wine. It's a, a Ruby Cabernet that right now. I'll send you my address. <laughs> Dude, it's it's so good, man. Send me your address. It's so good. So um, we'll bottle in June. We started in October. We bottle in June. And it's uh, it's really good stuff. And I am planning a trip to Japan. Whoa. Oh, wow. So cool. you mentioned my son being in the military. My son went to the Naval Academy, actually wrestled at the United States Naval Academy. He graduated. He's now Marine Corps officer. And he's stationed in Okinawa. No way. And we're going to go out there and see him. So, Tom, what kind of what kind of barrels are you using for aging? Uh, we use we're called they're demijohns. They're glass demijohns, so they're not. Okay. We're not mm-hmm. using barrels. We actually are going to try to invest in maybe doing that. Um, it gets a little expensive, and they're harder to clean. Are those the ones where you can wait, with the glass ones when you put the uh, curled wood in for the aging? Is that the one? Is that how you do that? You can do that. We don't do, don't do we that. don't put any we don't put any additives, any yeah. flavoring, we nothing. It's just it's just fermented grapes. All right, I'll I'll wrap up with my my thing. So like I mentioned, uh, I think it's been a couple of weeks since Mike and I even really talked. We've been busy. We did a couple of podcasts back to back to have a little bit of a break. So my wife and I went to the city. She had never been, and we flew in and uh, situations, funny situations, the Airbnb. We ended up at the Warwick Hotel. Uh, where we could find accommodations, we had a blast. We New York walked. City, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I know yeah. I say the city because I'm from New York. Everybody just says the city, but yeah, went to New York City, and uh, it was fun bringing her around, uh, showing her the subway system, how to figure that out, just finding random places to go eat, sit, talk. And with four kids, we don't get a lot of that. Just being out, just quiet, just yeah, being quiet. Uh, it was phenomenal i cannot wait to go back so i think i made an addict out of my wife so much so that we went to go see the lord of the rings uh fellowship of the rings at radio city hall they were going to be playing the symphony orchestra uh behind the whole movie we skipped it we skipped it because we were having so much fun just walking around that was our whole reason we even went there so uh Oh, well, to that. Oh, man. Well, let's do it. I, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I'll go. I'll go with you. It sounds like we're going to have to uh, do this again for sure. Without a doubt. Hey, you guys are great, man. I really enjoy talking to you both. Uh, so, Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Like he mentioned before, everybody listening, you can find him on uh, Spotify, podcast, MSL Talk. Uh, you can check out him out over at the Carolyn Group. He's got a dedicated website to that. You can see uh, about their services there, uh, career opportunities. And then you can see him at LinkedIn, message him. He'd be willing to, to connect with you. Tom, again, thanks. I can't wait to have you on again. Uh, happy to
to call you a friend of the podcast. I'm a friend, man. I'm happy to be here, and I appreciate you guys inviting me. You guys are great. Love what you're doing. And this was a lot of fun. Uh, and until then, everybody else here, you've been listening to White Coats of the Roundtable podcast. Find us over at whitecoatsoftheroundtable.com and Facebook. Uh, again, White Coats of the Roundtable, thanks for everybody for listening. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.